Even when you try to maintain a healthy diet, it can be tough to get all of the nutrients you need for long-term health. Care of makes it super easy and even fun to figure out what vitamins and supplements are best for your diet and lifestyle. Go to takecareof.com and take a short quiz to get your personalized vitamin recommendation. Use offer code AMR at checkout for 50% off your first month of vitamins. Welcome to another episode of Another Mother Runner. This is Sarah in Portland. And this is Dimity out here in good old Denver, Mile High City. Yes, and I'd like to start the show off by saying happy birthday to Dimity. <laughs> yes, yes, tell the tell the adoring fans uh what what how age you, you are? Yes, mm-hmm. you? yeah, how young are you today, Dimity? It's actually tomorrow. Oh, I know, but as people will be listening, yeah. The... Oh, yeah, yes. Um, so I turn the big four zero um, tomorrow for um, Fürzig of Deutsch, if that's uh, <laughs> if that's how you prefer it. Um, yeah, I turn forty tomorrow, and I'm a Taurus, which I really I, I I'm finding that many people that I really like a lot of people around me are Tauruses, obviously mm. with their birthdays around me. But like my sister is, and my friend Catherine is, and um, a couple oh. other people what that I the... find. What are what are the defining characteristics of a well, Taurus? Well, I don't know, but I just know that we're all kind of alike. I mean, bullheaded, obviously, mm-hmm. um, pretty kind of stubborn, I would imagine. Um, but that's a question that I really can't answer because it doesn't relate to running or being a mother, and those are really the only focuses <laughs> of my life right now. So, um, so you really threw me on that one. But, but you're, but I, you're but I threw it myself on that one. Yes, right? yes. You're, but you're a whiz with you know googling things, so maybe you yeah, could Google yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe later on in the show, we'll come back to the traits of a Taurus. Okay, very good. The traits um, of a Taurus. That sounds like yeah. a romance novel or something. It does. It does. <laughs> I know, right? That'll be the next one, our next book. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm really, I'm going to write, well, so so I guess I'll kind of uh, spill the secret here, but I did a birthday boot camp yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend, I did a post um, last summer when my friend Laurel turned 40 and she did a birthday run, which I just thought was such an ingenious idea and mm-hmm. um I mean, pretty basic, but so great. I mean, what a great way to start your birthday, right? With running with some friends. Oh, um, I know. And so, and you got a good, so tur- you got a good turnout. I was totally impressed. Well, I, did. I did. Well, so, so I was like, oh, I'll do a birthday run. But then I was like, well, two things. First of all, I was like, when we were running recently with a group of friends, I saw these concrete blocks. I'm like, oh, those would be really good to do step ups on. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, on my birthday run, we're going to do step ups on those. And then I was like, how am I going to get my camera over here? Then my second thought is, I've got a blog about it, oh, of, of course, course right? Uh-huh. <laughs> so how am I going to carry my camera? Because my little, you know, iPhone camera, I don't know. I just don't trust it for, like, action shots. For the stuff. important so, moments of your life. Mm-hmm. Exactly. For all those Kodak moments. Oh, I guess Kodak is bankrupt, so maybe we don't want to say that. But um, <laughs> For uh, all those Instagram moments. <laughs> for all those Instagram moments in my life, yeah. So then I was like, oh, let's do a boot camp. Um, so, yeah, so we had about 20 women come, which was so great. I mean, a lot of them are neighborhood women that I run with and exercise with um, anyway, um, and they're used to getting up early. But it was so fun um, to have everybody come out and celebrate with me. And uh, and, and yes. you, you gave them presents. I did. I, I put together a goodie bag of my favorite things. Um, mm-hmm. So guess what was in it? Guess You can guess one thing, and then I'll tell you the rest. Um, M&M's. Yes! How did you know? <laughs> oh, I'm on my deathbed. Go get me M&M's at CVS, Sarah. <laughs> what, what flavor M&M's? Uh, uh, peanut, because then it's a wonderful protein. 
Exactly. Exactly. So yes, that was in my, um, my ghost. And I bought, of course, like, what are they? It's like a pack of like 48 of them at Costco. Right. Oh, goodness. I'm like, I'm not gonna buy. So I'm like, Oh, well, I, I kind of, you know, hemmed and hawed. And then I was like, well, I could use them for travel. <laughs> oh my so I 20 back to my friends and then I have 24 left for me or 28 or whatever it was left. I'm not sure. how. Okay. So was. I'd like to announce that I think we need to have a contest of how long will those M&Ms last in Dimity's <laughs> possession? Well, yeah, I've already eaten two bags of them, but I bought them last week. So that's pretty good for me to only have two bags. And honestly, I think it's better to buy them in that size bag. Than, yeah, um, you were gone for four of them. You were gone for half the week. <laughs> well, that's okay, right? It does, that, that, that's, that's, you know, extenuating circumstances. Um, but I have to say, like, just the normal size bag. I mean, so it's, it's a regular size serving. So what, like 250 calories, mm-hmm. 13 grams of fat, something like that. I mean, it's obviously not something you want to eat every day. But mm-hmm. when I buy a bigger bag, I definitely eat more than that. And then when I buy the little snack packs, I probably eat at least the equivalent of a, a bag because, you know, I don't have like one snack pack. I have like four snack packs or maybe more. It's kind of like that. It's the snack well syndrome, right? Oh, they're fat free. So I can eat 12 of them. You oh know, my God. Dimity, you have given so much thought to the M&M. Like I think you've write, <laughs> written your dissertation like M&M's in my I life. Have, I have. <laughs> Well, so anyway, so this is the other, so the peanut M&Ms, um, so I had, what I did is I did running stuff mm-hmm. and then relaxing stuff. So my running stuff was goo and noon, of course, because those are my go-tos and have been for years and years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the relaxing stuff was um, a pack of peanut M&Ms and a beer. Um, <laughs> I really, I really wanted to have wheat beer, um, mm-hmm. but this kind of, uh, the store near my house, this liquor store near my house, it's not, mm, it's not the most uh, well-stocked, shall we say. And everything, they put it all in the freezer, or not in the freezer, but in the fridge, like when you get it. Yeah. Like, you know how some like nicer liquor stores, they'll have uh, like, you know, cases of beer that are out just yes. on the floor. Right. That haven't been chilled yet. Uh-huh. Yeah. Exactly. So I had to, so I had to go for Shinerbach, which I'm not, I definitely like Shinerbach. If you remember, I, I drank that in Austin. It's a Texas beer. I do remember um, that, but wait, they don't sell beer at the supermarket in Colorado. They do, but it's, um, it's, it's watered down beer. It's Salt Lake City beer. Oh, oh, no, no disparagement meant to. <laughs> and that's no disparagement to Salt Lake City, but that's what they serve. I mean, they serve, you know, what is it? Three oh, they beer? Oh, so they don't serve real, they don't sell real beer, like actual gin, even though they're like, Aren't isn't like Budweiser or Coors or someplace? Isn't that based in Coors, Gold? Coors is in Golden. Yeah, yep. You can smell it when you go by um, the the distillery. Um, but yeah, I I don't. I mean, yeah. There, I think it goes state by state. I mean, oh yeah, yeah it certainly it does. does. That's why I'm. That's why I'm. That's why I'm the, shocked. Hmm. Yeah, no, not in Colorado. Yeah. Oh, can so. you buy wine at a at a grocery store? You can buy it at a super target. Oh. <laughs> <I know> that. <laughs> um, but you can't buy wine. No, you can't buy wine at a grocery store. Oh, huh. they have um, non-alcoholic wine and some nice sparkly <laughs> cidery things. If you'd like that. Non-alcoholic um, wine. Isn't that called grape juice? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But anyway, so that was my birthday boot camp. We can, we can move on. Cause yes. I know we wasted a lot of well, time, I but know- it was really yeah, and also, but that sort of the your the, what you had in the goodie bag, uh, your two thinking of running and rest sort of leads right into our topic today, which is rest, all about um, resting uh, during a training plan, resting after a race, and I don't know, maybe I thought of this topic because um, with you turning forty, that's when a lot of runners realize they need to incorporate more rest into their training plan because. 
um, the wheels start to feel a little wobbly on the proverbial bus. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Although I really liked your analogy this week. You were saying that you're like a, a rusty car and pieces of it are falling off. Oh, well, that's just travel. I mean, I, you know, I mean, yeah, like my chassis, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's got only a couple, couple more miles left. That's what it feels like right now, but, but I'll be better after a couple of days of rest. And actually, I mean, you know, so I was going to start um, my half Ironman training plan was supposed to start on Monday and, oh, right. mm-hmm. and my shoulder was killing me and my hamstring was killing me and I was exhausted um, after a great, great time in Minneapolis. Um, and so I just said, no, I'm not, I'm not going to start this training plan feeling like, you know, I've got a 10th of a tank full right now. So mm-hmm. I took the, I'm basically taking the week off. I mean, I did my birthday boot camp yesterday, which I was, you know, half exercising, half chatting, half taking pictures, laughing. Mm-hmm. Um, haven't done anything today. I might run with pals tomorrow for about, you know, five miles. And then I'm going on a birthday weekend with my family. So oh, um, right. I'll probably really relax then too, which is, it's all good. Mm-hmm. So, um, so then, you know, I mean, so yes, yeah, so I sacrificed a week of a training plan, mm-hmm. but I really think that I'll be better off um, in you'll, the long run. Yeah. You'll go into it stronger than you would have otherwise. You know, yeah. You, you don't want to start a training plan being busted. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, and then, and then how are you about taking rest days during a training plan? I'm not sure you're better at it. Than, oh, than I'm I so am, good eh? at taking rest. There is no <laughs> problem with that. Uh-huh. Um, I, uh, I, you know, I really, you know, especially as I get older and as my body hurts more and more, um, I mean, yes, I definitely get edgy on the days that I rest because, um, you know, running is my, is my drug and it's how I kind of feel good. And, and I like how I feel after I run, mm-hmm. but, um, but I know I love waking up after a day of rest, like that following morning and being like, Oh, I feel so good. Like I, I, you know, it's, it really does kind of like make me, makes me, it makes it easier for me to get up that morning and mm-hmm. get out. Right. Mm-hmm. Miss mm-hmm. it a little bit. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. You know me, I, I fully admit that it's hard for me to take rest days and I'm being reminded of that, you know, now that I've come off my, um, Boston Marathon training plan. Now I'm just running because I love it and exercising because I dig it. And suddenly I'm like, you know, I look out at, at this week and I'm thinking, hmm, okay, well, what day will I take as a rest day? And I thought I'd take Thursday, but then I forgot that I had um, told my friend Heidi that I'd run with her on Thursday. So I'm like, oh yeah, I don't need to take a rest day this week. So yeah. it's definitely harder for me to to work it in when I'm just doing it do exercising for the love of it, that it, it, to me then feels a little slothful, but it, when I, it's programmed into a training plan, it's a whole lot easier for me mentally to take that training, that rest day. Yeah. I mean, pretty much my whole schedule. And I, I mean, I, from as far back as I can remember in my early twenties, when I was in New York, I would always, um, run, run three days, rest one, take a day off, run three days, take a day off. Um, oh, you're like, cro- now- you're like CrossFit. Don't they? I think they do that. They do. They exercise for three days in a row and then they take a day off. Oh, do they? Yeah. Uh-huh. But they do their wad, right? Workout oh. of the day. <laughs> yes. They have their whole, whole, whole own language. One day I'm going to go do a CrossFit workout and, and write about it, but I'm not, not ready to go there yet, but. Because everything. And, everything is a blog post. Everything in life is a potential know, blog post. Like, oh, I'm going to do a boot camp with my friends for my birthday because it'll make a great blog post. <laughs> Never mind that I'm turning 40 or I just want to see my friends, but it'll be a good blog post. Right. It's, either, it's either through like, you either see your life through blog posts, 
Facebook updates or, you know, Twitter tweets. Right. Tweets, exactly. Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, I don't have my, my phone in my hand. How can I experience this moment if I'm not tweeting about it? If I'm not sharing it with my whole social media community, right? <laughs> um, so, uh, so yes, I really, I mean, my whole life, I've pretty much done that. And then as I got older, I mean, really, as I, as I started getting injured and in my thirties and stuff, I really would go two days, a day of rest. And I remember when, um, Brianna started coaching me, I was like, I really like two days and then a day of rest. And she was like, mm, we might have to push it a little bit. <laughs> I'm like, really? Um, so, you know, two to three days. And I really, I do think, you know, and especially after any intense workout, I mean, anything where, you know, you've gotten your heart rate high, whether that's hills or a track workout or a tempo run where, you know, you definitely felt like you depleted your system. Mm-hmm. I mean, it does not make sense to do anything but an easy workout the next day because you've got to give that hard training, like, you know, time in the oven to bake, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And if you do do two hard workouts back to back, I mean, certainly there are women that can do that. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are plenty of women that can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but for, Say the for example, Kara Goucher or Paula Radcliffe, <laughs> Dina yeah. Gaster. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, but the rest of us, I mean, you're just, if you want to be a runner and you want to have good performances, you really, you know, you need to give yourself a, a hard, easy, hard, easy cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Just, it just is a no brainer. And it's one of the easiest patterns to follow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We like patterns. Yeah. We yeah. like patterns, right? <laughs> just like circle, circle, square, circle, circle, square. Um, so yeah. And um, sleep, I mean, sleep, I think is so, um, underappreciated or in this crowd. Is that the right word? Underappreciated? Uh, undervalued maybe. Yeah. I think we all appreciate it, but we, we uh, tell ourselves that it doesn't matter as much as it really does. Yeah. That's what and I think that, that we think so, it's the, we think it's the thing that can get cut out of the equation. You exactly. Know, you know, you can't say I'm not going to cook dinner, but, but, Oh, I'll stay up later because I need to finish, you know, doing this stuff for the bake sale or organizing something for the school auction, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you, how do you view sleep? As a, as something I'm incredibly good at. Um, <laughs> I'm very proud of how I sleep. I, I sometimes say I could be a professional napper. Um, yeah, when I was uh, uh, out, out east, I didn't take a nap for two weeks. And I, re- I realized I was like, wow, this is like a long stretch to not take a nap. So you were doing it from the Boston Marathon. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. No, I did. I did not. And then then I drove um, from Connecticut to Georgia. So there was not a lot of napping on that trip. (laughs) (laughs) Getting some Z's by the side of the interstate as the semis like whoosh by. (laughs) Right. Uh, Just crank that seat back. Um, Yeah. So no. So I guess. um, Oh, well, we took that. We each took a very good nap when we were in Minneapolis. And that that was, I think, the first one that I might have taken since like the early April. But um, but yeah, I mean, there, we we say in uh, Train Like a Mother, we talk about we uh, quote, I think, Sage Roundtree, the yoga and uh, running coach were the was the one who told us that for every mile uh, in your training plan, you should add one minute of sleep to um, your your day, your week, which you're, is you know your nightly sleep. So it's so it's your weekly mileage. Since 2011, BarkBox has been committed to making dogs happy. For humans, BarkBox is a delivery of four to six natural treats and super fun toys curated around a surprise theme each month. For dogs, BarkBox is like the joy of a million belly scratches. BarkBoxes include all-natural treats and innovative toys to match a dog's unique needs, including allergies and heavy chewer preferences. 
not a phrase I say every day. Dimity's dog Mason, an energetic Weimaraner, is eagerly awaiting his first BarkBox. Dimity let BarkBox know the breed, size, and even name of her dog, as well as the all-important chewing preferences. And now, on the 15th of each month, a new box will get shipped to Mason. Each monthly box is themed, like Country Fair or Brooklyn Hipster, with new and unique toys to keep dogs engaged, interested, and happy. If your pooch doesn't like something in the box, BarkBox promises to send something they'll love, for free, because BarkBox is all about dog happiness. Choose a plan. One, six, or 12-month plans are available. Cancel any time. Free shipping in the continental U.S. For a free extra month when you subscribe to a six- or 12-month plan of BarkBox, visit BarkBox.com AMR. That's BarkBox.com AMR. Woof! Thanks to StoryWorth for supporting our podcast. StoryWorth is a subscription service started by a fellow who wanted families to be able to share their memories and anecdotes with each other. Here's how it works. Purchase a StoryWorth subscription for someone you love, and each week, StoryWorth sends that loved one an email with a question about his or her life. The person either replies with his or her story via email, or records it by phone by calling a StoryWorth number. After a year, the stories are bound in a lovely hardcover keepsake book. My husband Jack and I gifted StoryWorth to his dad, and we're especially looking forward to hearing his tales about going to medical school in Dublin, Ireland, which is where Jack was born and spent the first four years of his life. Then we'll share the book with Jack's siblings. For $20 off, visit StoryWorth.com AMR when you subscribe. That's StoryWorth.com AMR. Translates into your daily minutes of sleep. So mm-hmm. if you are running 25 minutes or 25 miles a week, say, mm-hmm. You want an extra 25 minutes every night during or, that week. Or during the day. She did specify it could be a nap. It could be a nap. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But, you know, I think we might be making some people jealous because we have a little bit of flexibility at our work schedules. Oh, I please. don't think there are I, many moms that get to nap. Oh, yeah. I do, not da- I do not nap during the weekday. Let, that, let the record show that. I'm saying that I nap, uh, you know, one or two days on the weekends. Oh, what, well, just two days on the weekend? That's yeah. it? <laughs> I live in Scandinavia. I have a three-day weekend. Oh, no. <laughs> well, now we're just in Scandinavia. You, you bug on me for dissing Salt Lake, but now all the Swedes out there are going to get mad at them. Um, yeah, so yeah, so you're supposed to add that amount of time. And I definitely noticed it while I was in, in my most high mileage weeks when I was training for Boston that I re, I was, you know, pulling a dimity. I mean, I, it was like nine o'clock and I'm like, oh, yeah, it's bedtime. I got to go to sleep now. <laughs> yeah, I just think I mean, I just think a bedtime and I've I've read and I think I've even written a couple of times like the sleep that you get before midnight is so much more restorative and important than the sleep you get after midnight. And again, oh. don't ask me why. And I still am a Google tourist, so don't ask me that yet. <laughs> um, but I, I, I just I know that and that sticks in my brain. And I remember I've heard it from a number of experts, um, you know, as our moms always said, nothing good happens after midnight. But I do think like. <laughs> You know, if you can try and have your eyes closed by 9.30 or 10, um, I think that's just going to help you um, immeasurably. And, I mean, you know, most nights I'm trying to be in bed by 9, or I'm trying to – I try to be asleep by 9.30. Wow. Um, Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Which, that to me – to me, that doesn't feel that early. Wow. Does it? Well, I mean, it's, it's Jonah, our, our, you know, recent college graduate producer is like, oh my gosh, total losers over here. Um, uh, it, it is tough to, you know, it depends on, well, you eat dinner earlier than, than my yeah, family I mean, we does. We eat dinner between like five and five thirty ish if we've got no activities. And if we have activities, I mean, I will definitely say we do not make a family meal a priority. And, and there are, there are days when I'm definitely very, um, 
sad that that isn't such a priority. We probably do it, you know, two days a week, three days a week and a, and a good week. Oh, um, uh-huh. So, so, you know, so I would rather have my kids kind of eat on the fly um, so that everyone can get to bed early rather than take 45 minutes and all sit down together. See, eat. that's so, so funny because last night we ate on the fly because there was a really important meeting at school where you could bring your kids and the kids could, um, you know, be watched over while the parents were in the meeting. And so we just totally ate on the fly and actually sort of thought of you, Dimity. And, um, uh, and so then, so that was like at, I don't know, 5.45 or 6 that we were doing that. And then the meeting got out around 8 or 8.10. And as we were headed home, I was like, okay, when we get home, you kids have to get in your pajamas and brush your teeth. And Daphne was like, but we didn't eat dinner. I'm like, yeah, we did. That thing when we were shoving food in our pie holes, that was dinner. <laughs> well, you have peanut butter and jelly and chips and baby carrots. No. Oh, my gosh. We just thought we thought we were at the, the county fair. We um, had oh. uh, corn dogs, uh, vegetarian corn dogs, and um, these uh, hash browns from uh, Trader Joe's. So it was quite the... Vegetarian corn dogs. Are those good? Um, I love love veggie corn dogs from Trader Joe's. They are they are my guilty pleasure. Oh my gosh, they're so tasty. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's your guilty pleasure. We got we got to work on you a little bit. Oh. Seriously. I mean, those sound vaguely nutritious or am I kidding myself? Um no, I think th- yeah, I mean they're not they're not hideous. Yeah, so they have um they make them in uh like soy dogs and then they also have turkey ones and I looked at them I'm like, "Oh, well, I love the the soy one, so let's stick with those. But then yeah. I, I must admit, on the way home, we also then got um, voodoo donuts, which are a Portland uh, specialty So because it's right near school. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let it be known that when we eat on the fly, we eat healthier than that. <laughs> like, I'm definitely See, like... but we, But it's such a rarity. I mean, I can't tell you the last yeah. time we ever did that. So, you know, got to yeah. live it up. We got to live the vita yeah. loca when you do it. So. <laughs> it reminds me of a friend of mine once um, when her daughter, like one day, she was just like... I am just going to take her to 7-Eleven, give her $5 to spend, and let her buy whatever she wants. Oh, my gosh. I think it was a birthday or something. They were going to go hang out at a pool or something like that. And I was like, wow, that's a really nice mom. Yeah. I, I mean, because I remember, like, those days so fondly, like, when you could, like, really, you know, in my youth. It's not like I look back happily on eating, you know, um, spinach casserole or something <laughs> like that, you know. But it's like. Oh, but the days that we could have, you know, Laffy Taffy. Oh, oh my gosh. I'd let my kids do that before we go to movies. I admit we bring candy into movies and we go to, oh. you know, plaid pantry and stock up on some candy. And I even bring bags with me, like little um, leftover um, goodie bags from, from parties. And uh, not, you know, small ones, not, not big goodie bags like we give out. <laughs> and, uh, you, don't bring, you don't bring beer from your goodie bag and your movie? Don't, I don't. I don't. And so, um, yeah, so I let the kids do that. And it's funny. They always do gravitate toward the Laffy Taffy. Um, I like yeah. the LT. I like the LT. Well, let's take a little, let's talk a little bit more about rest. So, um, so what's your, I mean, how many days have you kind of taken it easy since Boston? So I set a real personal best for me for rest, um, which rhymes. Look at that. And um, so because of that, the road trip that I took, and because I know that after a marathon, you're supposed to not run for a week, um, which usually just plays havoc with my mind. And so, but because I was on the road, I was like, okay, I'm going to embrace this. And I'm going to sleep until 730 every morning because I was still sort of on West Coast time. And then I didn't run. And it was absolutely delightful. And my legs didn't hurt nearly as much. And then finally, when I ran on the Monday, the morning after I got back from being out east, um, 
I felt like a million bucks. I had a spring in my step. It was spring. The birds were singing. The flowers were out. It was fantastic, fantastic. So I highly, highly recommend forcing yourself to take that week off after a marathon. And, and for a half marathon, really force yourself, I think, to take two days of not running. That's what oh, I think. Oh, God, I think even like four or five. I mean, uh, I don't know. That's that's me. I mean, whatever works for you. But I would, I think, um, you know, yeah, if I, I ran a half marathon on a Sunday, I would probably want to get back to running on an easy run on Thursday or Friday. Well, it also sort of depends if you're doing it as a tune-up for if you're in a marathon training cycle and you do a half marathon to train for the marathon, yeah. then you can't, you know, loaf around for too much. So, uh, <laughs> uh, otherwise yeah. you become a loaf. Um, otherwise you become a loaf. Yeah. So, um, and, uh, but then, you know, I have, um, I was, when I was thinking about the show, I was thinking about when I did Big Sur, which my legs felt, surpri- recovered surprisingly well after that hilly marathon. And I'm, I chalk it up to the fact that um, I got to go to Colleen Cannon's Women's Quest, um, which is a really fun kind of um, multi-day women's um, sports camp. And, um, so I got to go on a spiritual retreat. Exactly. Oh, that's very, very well, very well phrased. Um, so I got to go, I went and and talked at it and it was, um, it was up near the Bay area. And so I went there and Colleen being the rah-rah cheerleader that she is, she's like, come on a bike ride with us. Come on, come on. So I'm like, okay. So two days after Big Sur, I went on a road ride and gosh, I think just that act of literally spinning my legs around helped work things out. And I felt, I recovered from that run faster, that race faster than I normally do. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And I, going back, I mean, you know, I don't say, mean like run a half marathon on Sunday and then don't do anything until Friday because your legs will hate you, but walk, spin on a bike, you know, go for a bike ride with your kids, get mm-hmm. on an elliptical or something like that to get some blood flowing there. But I mean, mm-hmm. I just running in the pounding, I would need a break. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, hey, so I wanted to mention one thing about, um, cause I did, um, when we started talking about rests, uh, a couple last winter, I did a blog post called "The Delicate Edge," mm-hmm. um, and it was a uh, it was actually a story that I wrote for a women's magazine. I won't I won't uh, I won't um, blast yet one more thing. <laughs> we'll leave it at at Scandinavian Salt Lake City. But anyway, I wrote what I thought was a really good story um, about overtraining. And at the end, there was this quiz about how hard your exercise should be today. Mm. Um, and I think it's worth putting up again. So I'm going to put it up on Friday. Um, it's a quiz oh, by no. a Swedish uh-huh. horse psychologist. On our website, anothermotherrunner.com. Yeah. On another mother runner. It'll be on May 4th. Um, I can put that date with, you know, surety because I know my birthday is May 3rd. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, so take a look at that. I mean, it talks about, cause it brings in nutrition, sleep, how you felt, like your stress levels, and how you um, recovered after your workout. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and then it tells you kind of how hard your next workout should be. Mm-hmm. Which, brings um, us, which brings us sort of to the other topic that we were going to talk about, um, other component of rest, which is that, um, that taking an easy day of exercise, making it be easy enough. And I think that's, that's don't you? I, I find oh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's one thing that we've, I've heard again and again, and I'm sure you have too, just in the line of work we are, but, um, I've heard multiple coaches tell me that athletes often don't make their easy days easy enough. Like when mm-hmm. you're supposed to go for an easy run, mm-hmm. um, it should be very, very conversational. Um, and then your hard days, and then they don't make their hard days hard enough. Mm-hmm. Um, we all kind of live in this kind of kind of medium hard zone. So when you get home, you're like, wow, that was a good workout, but you didn't push yourself really hard. 
you know, but, and you also didn't like build your cardio base. Um, mm-hmm. and again, don't ask me why, <laughs> well, but it's I'm all about answers, but no, no, uh, explanations today, but I know, I know that that is true. And, and one thing that I do know to be true is like the deeper and wider your cardiovascular base is, which is, that is what you do those easy miles, whether you're on the road or on your bike or on the elliptical or whatever, just building it so that your, um, your heart rate's low and your blood is pumping and you're breathing at a very moderate pace. Mm-hmm. The wider and deeper that is, the higher your pyramid can go mm. and the, the better your performance can be. Mm, that's an intru- that's a, I, I like that visual image of the pyramid. Um, yeah, yeah. That, that experts definitely say that, that, that the reason some people can't go as hard as they want on their hard days is because they uh, pushed it too much on their easy days. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and going back to you getting a year older, entering a new decade, my friend Ellison, who's in the um, decade ahead of, ahead of you, um, she has found uh, that she definitely needs to go a lot easier on her easy days and also incorporate one more day of rest into her training plan than she used to when she was in her 40s. So, yeah. Um, yeah, but it, I mean, it's never too young. You're never too young to start going easy on your easy days, truly easy and um, going harder on your hard days. And you have found a way um, to go to help you go easy on your easier days, which is to, to run with people who maybe aren't up for doing the pace that you normally would do. Yeah. Yeah. So what, I mean, so I've, I've been running with some neighborhood friends, um, on Tuesdays and Thursday mornings and it's great. I love it. Um, and, uh, and so we're all different levels of fitness, which is fine. Um, and we can all cover, you know, between four and six miles, depending upon how far we want to go that day. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have, you know, a couple people that need to walk or, um, maybe we walk through the stoplights and, um, originally I'm like, Oh, I'm not getting in the workout. And then I was like, you know what, actually, this is probably exactly what I need because mm-hmm. I can focus on, I, I bring my metronome. They are not, uh, <laughs> snotty about my Beep. metronome. So Beep. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I bring that and that's great. And then, um, and yeah, and so I can concentrate on that and I can chat with them and, um, and I'm not wasted at the end of it. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, every workout, you shouldn't end feeling like every workout you're like, oh, I had nothing left to give, you mm-hmm. know, because eventually, you know, in you, the, you will have nothing out, left to give. You will have nothing left to give. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so I, I really, um, you know, I'm all for, you know, ripping it up and pushing hard, but, but you got to kind of have the you have that equal and opposite effect. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's funny you saying rip it up. I, uh, yeah, I, I've blogged about this before, but that I go and oversee help with a volunteer while my twins classes do their runs around the school as they build up to running a marathon. And I kept telling this one girl, Nicole, who was just doing such an awesome job. I just love seeing the progression of the kids. And I was like, yeah, Nicole, you're ripping it up out here today. Yeah. Way to go. Way to rip it up. And at the end, Nicole comes up to me and she was like, Thanks for cheering for me, but what does rip it up mean? <laughs> like, oh, you don't know dimity, right? <laughs> That's exactly what I thought, because whenever I say rip it up, I always feel like I'm co-opting one of your phrases. So, <laughs> I do like, I like, I like the analogy and just like the sheer, yeah, right, right, exactly. Well, so, I did, I ran the 10K in Minneapolis. Are we, what, what, how are we doing time We got about another minute. Yeah, tell us a quick oh, anecdote. Okay. Yeah. Well, because, well, because one thing, I mean, and, and, and now I, after we brought up Boston, I know people kind of wanted to hear more about your Boston race, so you're going to have to sprinkle in. A lot of Boston stories throughout the next couple podcasts. Okay, Sarah. Okay, I'll I'll go back and forth in my rocker and say, "Oh, in Boston, I did this." <laughs> <laughs> and in the meantime, I ran a 10k in uh, in Minneapolis, which was fun, and that I ripped it up there. So I'll I'll put in those 10k references as well because I'm sure you were really 
curious about my get and gear performance. So, oh, um, most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, that, that wraps up another episode of another mother runner. Uh, we hope to see you on our Facebook page, which is run like a mother, the book on our website, anothermotherrunner.com, where Dimity will put up that uh, quiz on May 4th. And we are on Twitter. I'm at SBS on the run and Dimity is at Dimity on the run. And we look forward to talking with you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.